Welcome back to The Heart of Teaching. I'm Dave Ruzicki with Nathan Rivers, and thank you for being with us. Today, it's a real pleasure. I get to interview one of the real good guys in sports journalism. I get to interview Steve Ewan, who's a sports writer for the Vancouver province, and he's been writing great stories for close to 30 years. The cool thing about Steve that I respect as a teacher and as a coach is that his stories are always upbeat and they're always inspiring. He tells stories about accomplishments, and more importantly, he tells stories about relationships. Now, he's extremely well-respected in the industry. Anybody that has ever been interviewed by Steve knows that he is one of the best. And that's not just because of his ability to write great stories, but it's also because of the quality of his character. Now, unfortunately, like so many others, Steve's been battling cancer these last several years. But because of his treatment and his positive outlook on life, he's come out the right side of this disease. So today, he's gonna to share his journey with us as both a writer and a cancer survivor. Steve, how are you today? I'm outstanding, sir. Thanks for having me on your big show. <laughs> I don't know how big the show is, but I appreciate you taking the time. Hey, quick question. You're, uh, you're always the person that's doing the interviews. Have you been interviewed before? Uh, a handful of times. Not, uh, nothing, uh, nothing, you know, I haven't been on Jay Leno or anything, but this, you know, this is, I've been, you know, I've done a few. So this is kind of a role reversal. You're the uh, you're the veteran. I'm the rookie, and I'm doing the interviewing. So it's kind of a trading places kind of. Kind of yeah. yeah. So hey, how did you get started? Like, have you been doing this for a number of years? I I went to Kwantlen College out of high school. I graduated high school in 1988, and halfway through that year, my parents said either you get a job or you go to school. And I said, well, I'm not getting a job. And I'm a Richmond guy, and, and they had a Kwantlen campus. I went down to their campus and looked at their courses, and I thought journalism was interesting because I'd always been a, a fan of, of sports and a fan of fan of writing and took their one-year course. And uh, part of their course was a two-week practicum, and I did my two-week practicum at the Now, now Papers. We, we were doing sports out of... Burnaby, Coquitlam, Surrey, and Westminster at that point. So we 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 put together sports for all those papers, and I was there from until uh, '94, and then I moved to the province, and and the province and the Sun uh, merged newsrooms four or five years ago. So now I'm now I'm in both of the both of the daily newspapers in Vancouver. Have you um, have you ever done anything other than uh, working in the sports beat? Have you done some uh, investigative reporting? I've done very little. I've done precious. I've always uh, you know done the odd news story here and there when they've been short of person, but could not any more than a dozen. So do you uh, most of the stuff that I've been reading from you for the years, and you've done an awesome job. Has always been high school sports. Has that been a passion of yours, the, the high school beat? I think the storytelling has been a passion of mine, and I think uh, you you get your best stories in those events where you're the lone reporter there so things like high school i think the more reporters are around the the less interesting the kind of the stories become so i, I think the high school thing was it was always very interesting to me and i did one year of canucks and didn't like it and now with our shortened staff i'm doing a bunch of different things so it's 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 kind of a nice ride it's it's frustrating because i wonder if we're 
servicing the readers as well as they deserve to be serviced, but that's kind of where we're at at this kind of juncture with newspapers. You're saying that you, uh, you're doing the Canucks, you just, it wasn't your thing, you didn't enjoy it as much? I, I just, I think events where you're the only reporter there are, are much more appealing. I think you put 30, 30 reporters in a room. Oh. I, that's not a, a particularly interesting thing to me. I don't, I don't fly well either, so that, you know, for a lot of guys, the, the chance to travel is, is, is appealing, and that's something that really wasn't in my, in my wheelhouse. So I got to ask you, so you and I actually met probably about, well, it would have been 1995, a, a good friend of mine, a colleague passed away and you did a story and you always do human interest stories. You, you see the good side of things and it's always a positive side. Is that you've always written that way? Is, was that something that you picked up? I, I, think, I think people just look for things they're interested in and I find the, more than the good side of things, I find the relationship side of things interesting, you know, how people relate to people interesting. I think maybe that's what I'm looking for more than anything. And if it comes out that it's positive, it comes out it's positive. But yeah, I, I, I think that's, that's I, I, I just think how people interconnect and intertwine and, uh, you know, who knows who and why do they know each other and, you know, why do these people get along? I, I, I find that the most interesting thing about people. You know, because of the, you read articles in the sports and they'll always be, no, I shouldn't say always, but they'll often be, um, you know, stories and they'll, they'll criticize a coach or some players. I have never in the years reading your articles, I've never heard you criticize one person. Oh, I, I think we, I, I think you can do that with pro stuff, but I, I think it, it also, it was, it was kind of, I, that's never, I've never been that interested in doing the pro stuff. I, again, I, I think it goes back to being the only reporter at events. I think you get, better access and better stories and more interesting stories. So I think that's something that, that I've always focused on. But yeah, I'm, I, I'm not afraid to tell the truth. I just, I, I think your need to tell the truth changes depending on what situation you're in or, or what or what kind of thing you're covering. Yeah, in society today, I mean, things tend to be edgier now. I mean, you'll hear people. Yeah, I'm not a fan, yeah. yeah. I, I think we tend, I think, part of the problem with newspapers, part, part of the downfall of newspapers is that we've been chasing trends and, and, and trying to uh, trying to capture tweets and, and, and Facebook likes and things like that. I think we've been very interested in, in trying to uh, be cool with social media rather than I think when newspapers were, are highly successful is, is when they give you that broader story and, and you know, kind of you get the whole story. I think there was a point where when the Vancouver Sun and Vancouver Province were both, you know, really cooking, I think that's what they did. I think you went, okay, I need to figure out what exactly is happening. I'm going to pick up the newspaper. And I think we've lost a little bit of that edge. I think we've started to, you know, go after the trends and, and, and go after the, go after the, the likes and the retweets and things like that. And I, I, you know, I don't, I, I think that's not, not always the kind of the, the smart way to go. It's with, with your style of writing and, um, you know, you'll, you read the newspaper and the law, I mean, you read the newspaper after a while, it's like, you got to put it down because it can be depressing. But when I go to the sports, I always try and find your articles because no matter what happens, I always feel better. And I'm, it's the truth. Like I feel better after reading your articles. And, and 
you know, you're not getting caught up, as I said before, in all that edgy stuff. So, you know, that's that that's a compliment. Like I, as yeah. a as a, a high school teacher, and someone that works with young adults, that's something that's really important. So, you know, I really appreciate that. I I, I do. I, I think it's something that I think it's just the stories you look for and the stories you're 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 interested in and and what your goals are. <clears throat> I think not wanting to do as much pro stuff, I think, leads to that. I think it just leads to um, telling different stories. And, and, and I, I think in a lot of ways, uh, to go in and say, hey, I've got this story, and, and when the editor says, okay, what, you know, what's it about? If the names aren't instantly, instantly recognizable, the story has to be better. I think a Canuck guy can go in and say, I want to tell, I've got this Bo Horvat story, and that's the end of this. Oh, yeah, sure, okay, you, you know, run your Bo Horvat story. But but I come in and say, I've got an Aaron Mitchell story. Right. The, you know, they're kind of like, okay, what's the deal? Who's this Aaron Mitchell guy? Tell me, right? Why are we, you know, why are we, why am I dedicating X number of hours of your, your paid week to tell the story about Aaron Mitchell? It better be good. So I, I think that's part of the issue as well. So this is kind of funny. I couldn't have asked for a better segue. He wants to know, it's, the listeners wouldn't be aware of this, Aaron Mitchell's a high school a teacher. Uh, he's a colleague of mine. He's just an awesome coach, great guy. Um, he says you got his jersey. He wants his jersey back. I have no idea what that means. you got to help me with that. I got uh, my you know, wife and I, Caroline, got married in 2007. And um, she's a very big sports fan. And, and we... We bought a house in the U.S. just just down the street from STM and had a basement in it. And we kind of uh, agreed that we were going to turn the basement into our own little sports bar. So I had told my buddies for wedding gifts they could get us jerseys. And I had, you know, prior to working in the province, I had worked in Coquitlam at the Coquitlam. Now that was kind of my big community newspaper job. When when the community papers all separated, I ended up going to Coquitlam and uh, covered Terry Fox, which is where Aaron Mitchell went. Okay. And Howard, Howard Samura, who I had worked with and who's done great work on high school for a thousand years, uh, went to Terry Fox and got me uh, one of what they said was Aaron Mitchell's jersey. So I have sent him photos and telling him that I am taking care of his jersey. <laughs> okay. So yeah, we've got, there's, I got a Marcus Nasland and a Gilbert Perot and and you know, um, you know, a uh, couple of Canadian national women's team jerseys, and Canadian national uh, women's hockey, and I think a women's national women's soccer, and and also in Aaron, Aaron Mitchell, Terry Fox. So, <laughs> so his head's going to be swollen now because he's yes. with a lot of elite company. But it was funny because I'm leaving the uh, gym. We were working out yesterday, and he goes. Uh, oh, I told him, I said, I'm going to be talking to Steve Ewan tomorrow. He goes, oh, say hi. He goes, and tell him I want my jersey back. And I go, what are you talking about? He goes, just ask him. So it was a cool yeah, story. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's up. It's nicely framed. And, yeah, no, it was, it was kind of, it was, uh, I, 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 it would, yeah, I'm very, I'm very attached <laughs> to the jersey. I'm very, very attached to that time of my life as well. So it was, it, it, it kind of brings up, you know, brings up a lot of nice memories. Cool. Now, you were talking about stories and the way you write, and we talked off mic briefly, and you've got so many different stories. Was there one story that was inspirational for you or one that stands out? Is there a story that you told that stood out more than any other? I mean, one that comes to mind for me that, that would connected for me, which I thought 
thought was cool. And, uh, it's not a story I've told a whole, a whole bunch. Uh, there was a kid named Curtis, Curtis Augustus who played basketball at McNair. And he was a kid that was maybe having some trouble academically. And um, so Paul Eberhardt, who was a the coach there, said, hey, if you could say something about, you know, kind of help me, you know, talk about how, how important academics is, that would, you know, that would help. And I'm a big fan of Paul, so yeah, sure, of course, I can, you know, I can do that. So we did the story, and the story, he was a very honest kid about, you know, um, some of his learning, you know, um, he was, he had some learning Challenges. issues, and, and uh, so we talked about it, and things that he was going through, and, and I said, okay, Chris, I'm going to write this big, glorious story about you, and people are going to love it. If you get in trouble in school, you're going to make me look back. Don't do that to me, Curtis, right? And I would run in, I ran into him a couple times during the season and asked him, always made a point of asking him about his academics and how he was doing, and he always said yes and all these great things. And that, that kind of, by June, I guess, I was at home one night, I got a phone call. And it was, it was some sort, it was somebody in a big room with a lot of people and I couldn't hear right away. And finally, it, it connected that, you know, he's like, this is Chris Gustus. I said, oh, okay, how are you? And he said, great. He said, I just want, he had, he's like, I just, this, it's our, it's our grad ceremony tonight. And I just wanted you to know that I had just come off stage after getting my diploma. And I just wanted you to know that I did follow through when I went through school. Wow. Which I thought was pretty neat, so. Yeah, I, I think that's that's one of the stories that really sticks with me. And that's not just because it's a, a great story. You made a difference. Wow. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I think Eberhardt really set it up. And I think we, yeah, I, I think it, it was um, <laughs> something that, that he connected with and something that just maybe hearing a message from somebody else that he had heard before was probably helpful for him. Right, right. We had talked off mic again and, there was a, a young woman that played for Terry Fox, and uh, she was Karen Kwan. Karen Kwan. Can you tell? That's right. Can you tell the listeners her story because I found that inspirational. It was a difficult read. The second story was a difficult read, and you can explain yeah. why. But maybe explain. She, uh, she was a great ten kid at Terry Fox, uh, who had cancer and was dealing with cancer, and and at the at the provincials last year she was going through treatment but they managed she managed to get into a game and we talked to her about that and talked about her fight and things like that and uh she passed away earlier this year so yeah it was uh i mean it's it's a great just a had a grace and a dignity about her going through such a terrible time that i thought was was really inspiring that would be a difficult story to write i you know those those challenges for kids, those challenges. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a difficult story to talk about. It's, it's <laughs> on some level, it's, it, unfortunately, it's, it's, it's uh, not, a, it, it's a story that doesn't take you very long to write because it generally writes itself. Right, right. Have you... right from, a, from a technical writing standpoint, it's, it's, uh, it's a easier story to write because you just tell the story. There's a lot there. And, and she was a grand. She spoke very well, and her situation was uh, was 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 very uh, emotional. And I, she, it was, yeah. But, but yeah, it's it's a difficult. It's it's probably to to be more accurate. It's a difficult story to read and a difficult story Correct. to hear. Correct. As a you know, as a person, but from a technical writing standpoint, the 
tend to be, you know, ones that really tell themselves. I know because I'd read the story, the initial story about her, and uh, it's, it's very inspirational. And yeah, I, I just I'm an amazing kid, an amazing family, and, and and just to deal with what they had to deal with, and and how they handled it, and 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 yeah, I was yeah, they, they she was she's hugely missed, and and I think she touched a lot of lives in in, in her short time. Yeah, because I remember thinking when I closed the newspaper and I. Uh, finish the article I thought she's going to make it through right because this is a really good story and good thing, yeah. good things happen to good people and you, you can't imagine a young adult her age passing and then I remember picking up the province opening it and there she was again and I'm thinking oh please lord not and I read that article and it was it you're right it was difficult like I shut the like I closed the newspaper there and I'm like this you know life just isn't fair but it isn't so but no no, and, and that's yeah, that's that's the unfortunate thing. But I think, I, I hopefully her family understands the, the the connection that that she made with so many people and 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 what she brought to people, and hopefully that gives them some sort of positive feeling, right? So I mean, that's really all you can hope for. Has there been in your career? Has there been some challenges with the interviews at all? Is there anything that comes to mind where it's like you're in an interview and it's like. Oh my gosh! This isn't quite as easy as I thought it as it would be. Would that be in the pro thing? Nothing, nothing like solely. I, I didn't. I mean, I think those bigger. I, I don't enjoy those bigger situations where there's a lot of reporters around. I don't enjoy those. Uh, I, that that whole scrum journalism mentality. I don't. I don't really enjoy. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I didn't didn't enjoy the. You know, I didn't enjoy the travel with the Canucks. Uh, I do a lot of Vancouver Giants stuff, and I get to travel a little bit with them for playoffs, and I, I, uh, I've enjoyed that a lot more. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's nothing, nothing, I, I mean, the business is hard because it's dwindling, and, and he, you know, you feel it's not doing very well. So that's, I mean, that's the hard part of, of my work life, but uh, nothing, at the day-to-day -day actual writing of stories is, so I'm going to touch on a bit of a personal thing that I became aware of. And again, for the listeners, I, uh, I had talked to you when my mother had uh, breast cancer. My mother was very unwell. And um, there was the, the kids at my school were remarkable, the support that my family had. And then I read an article um, in, I'm trying to think of what newspaper it was. It wasn't yours. And then I, I saw it on online. Yeah, I mean, it might have been ours. Um, it could have been, but I, I actually I don't think so. I think I read it online, but it was talking about kids being self-centered and focused on their own worlds, and I thought that wasn't the case because they'd been so supportive. So you wrote the article, but the thing that I wasn't aware of at the time was that you were battling your own challenges with cancer, but you yeah. phoned me for months, once or twice a week to make sure I was okay and my family was okay, and you kind of led us through the different stages. And then I found out how unwell you were. So, you know, from from a personal standpoint, what you were able to do for me was huge and my family. You know, and, and yeah. you you literally are you're one of the one of the good guys. So, yeah. this disease, how's it affected you, and what's your journey been with it? I was diagnosed with a solitary plasma cytoma in 
I, I, we call it October of 2010. I mean, that, that's when it first kind of came to light. Uh, and uh, that, so I had a, a tumor in my T2 vertebrae. And it's, they, through much discussion, they, they uh, the, the BC Cancer and surgeons at VGH uh, agreed that they, we would do radiation. And there was a fear that uh, that the T2 would collapse and we got through 20 radiation sessions and sure enough the, the, the vertebrae collapsed which kept me from walking for a time. Uh, so that led to eight surgeries, uh, six months in hospital. I did um, probably two and a half of those months at GF Strong which is the rehab hospital in Vancouver yeah. uh, learning, to, learning to walk again. Uh, so that was in 2010 and 2011, and then it, yeah, they were very, BC Cancer, to their credit, was very open and honest and said, you know, you, this is going to be a recurring thing, you're going to get cancer again. And it you know, came back in, uh, let's call it uh, December of 2016, I think, was when they first said that my blood work was had kind of gone off, and in, in July of 2017, I had a, had a stem cell transplant. So I've been uh, clear and good probably since then. It, it, I mean, it, it's the stem cell is uh, elaborate and, and very um, evasive. And I probably didn't feel well for, or, or normal, let's call it, yeah. uh, for probably a couple of years. So I'm, I'm just, kind of, I feel like I'm just starting to feel well again. So. But yeah, they've, I'm, I'm a life, I will be a lifetime cancer patient and I will, you know, I, I see, I have a regular hematologist that I'm seeing, I think every six months now and I'm, I get blood work done every month and, and I, you know, that's something that, you know, they, they check on regularly. So, but I, you know, getting back to being supportive with people, I mean, people were wonderful to us and people have been wonderful for us the whole time. and. We've had neighbors come over and rake our leaves when I've been in treatment. And neighbors, we've got a neighbor that's got the got keys to our place and come over and clean up the fridge of items that had gone bad and things like that. I had friends arguing over who was going to take me to radiation sessions. So I, I think it's very easy. I, I think it's very appropriate for me to, to to reach out to people and be supportive of people because people have been so wonderful to us. That's part of who you are, though. I mean, going back, I, guess, I, I think there's a karma issue. Yeah, I think I, do. I think that's part of the. I think it's part of how I was raised and part of how my wife was raised as well. So I think that's a big part of it. But yeah, I think it's. Yeah, I, I'm. I've been. I think. Yeah, I think you. I think I've been treated like how I treat people. Probably, I think that's fair. No, I I agree with that. I agree 100. percent Like I said, you and I go back 30, 30 odd years, mm-hmm. and. Um, when I've talked to anybody in the uh, in the industry, you know the articles and things. If your name gets brought up, it's always you know, oh, he's a great guy. And I've not, and I'm being quite honest. I'm not trying to pump your tires, but I've not heard one person say anything about how positive you are and uh, you know how supportive you are others and stuff. So I'm glad that uh, that you you've come out the right side of this right now. How, now, right as of this moment, you're. You're, is it cancer free or is it in remission? I I just yeah I I call it cancer free. I don't get caught up in terms and things like that. I you know I it's, I'm 
it, it will be something that I'm dealing with forever. But yeah, they're very happy with my blood work, and I feel good, and that's really all that I look at. I don't get right. I, you know, I try not to play with words too often, which is kind of ironic, I guess. But yeah, I my you know saw the hematologist uh, a couple weeks ago, and she was very happy. And I'm doing, I had, I, I'm doing like an annual annual bone scan, and that that came back clear and. So they're, yeah, they, they're as happy as can be. Yeah, they're very, she didn't have any COVID concerns about things like that. Wow. <laughs> so she was, yeah, she's, everything is going very well health-wise. You said something when we were talking, it would have been, I think, the other night. I'm not quite sure how you worded it. You're just too, uh, you, re, you just refute, you're just not going to get sick. How did you word that? What, what did you say? I'm not, I'm not ready to go yet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, no, I, I don't, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's something I don't, to be honest with you, I don't think about a ton, um, I don't worry about a ton, um, I think I've been coached very well that I, you know, that uh, when it does come back, that I, I, the pain is, is, um, very obvious, it's very extensive, like you, I, in the event I get sick again, I will be well aware of it. There'll be no question. And then the two times where I've I've had issues, that the pain was quite a bit different than anything else I've experienced. So I'm, you know, I I don't get too caught up and and I don't uh, think about it too much. And and yeah, it's it's not. Uh, I very much I think if this has taught me, you kind of need to need to win the day. And if you win the day and you put together a streak of winning, you know, multiple days won, I think you're going to be okay. So I, I'm, yeah, I'm, to be honest with you, I'm trying to think, I'm focused on what I'm going to have for lunch right now. And that's pretty much as far as yeah. I've gone, right? Yeah. So I, 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 we did learn that. There was points where things were, we were struggling in the hospital and, and we really broke it down to that where we would just think, you know, really focus on four hour, four hour intervals. So I try to do that as much as I can. I find when I, uh, what was the term, future surf too much that, that it gets you into trouble. Right. So I, I, I very much try to stay in the present. Well, you know what, Steve, I wish you all the best and I'm glad that you're in, in a yeah, good place right now. I wish now. you all the best. I, I think your I, I think your whole podcast career is going to go huge. I'm glad that I I'm glad I can say I was you know one of the one of the first ones. Yeah, I, I don't know how big this career is going to be. It's more of a <laughs> hobby, but you know, for you to come on and take the time, you know, I really do appreciate it, and I wish you all Not the best, all the I, best. No, I, I think it's yeah. I would glad I glad you're not looking forward to doing it. All right, hey, take care. If you need, uh, you're not as you said, you're not very far from STM. There's a point when you need something. You need your leaves raked or whatever. You got my cell phone. You know I'd be there for you. Sounds good, man. All right, you take care, Steve. Thanks again. Thanks so much. Take care. Well, that'll conclude today's episode. I think by the interview, you have a, a better understanding of why Steve Ewan's considered one of the good guys. So once again, I want to thank him for his interview, for taking the time. I really appreciate it. This is Dave Rizicki with Nathan Rivers. And to the listeners, thanks for joining us today. And as always, please take care. Be well and peace.